Ron's been helping, but Doug Cooley with getting things set up here. Last Sunday was our last, or first. Um, okay, it was our last Sunday of not having live streaming. No, it was the first Sunday we did. The Sunday before was the one. But anyway, we're thankful that we have the camera and that you are able to be here with us in this way. Um, we are purchasing a new camera so that we'll be able to zoom in like now at this time. But today you will be able to see the things that are projected on the wall, so that'll be helpful too. But uh, fear is a liar. And that's where the heart of the Lord is today, that he wants us to not be in fear because it stops us in our tracks. It's a robber that robs us of many things. Fear does. And when we're in fear, of course, we aren't in faith. But um, you might ask, why are we meeting like this? Well, our governmental and medical leaders are asking us to, and we want to cooperate. Uh, you know, there's a scripture in Romans 13 that I'll read now. Uh, it's, uh, this is from the Passion Translation. And the heading is our relationship to our civil authorities. Every person must submit to and support the authorities over him. For there can be no authority in the universe except by God's appointment, which means that every authority that exists has been instituted by God. So to resist authority is to resist the divine order of God, which results in severe consequences. For civil authorities don't intimidate those who are doing good, but those who are doing evil. So do what is right, and you'll never need to fear those in authority. They will commend you for your good citizenship. Those in authority are God's servants for the good of society, and you are compelled to obey them, not just to avoid punishment, but because you want to live with a clean conscience. And we believe that uh, our governmental leaders, our medical leaders are working very hard to help us as a nation during this coronavirus pandemic. And we know that we now have a proclamation that was given for last Sunday, but I know the, I saw the president yesterday ask for prayer. President Trump, he asked again uh, for prayer concerning this pandemic that is attacking our nation. And I'm going to read the text. We'll have a picture of our president there, and you can be praying for him uh, throughout this. We need to be doing that for our leaders, our vice president, other leaders. Um, this, is his, this is from him asking for prayer for in the nation. He says, in our times of great need, Americans have always turned to prayer to help guide us through trials and periods of uncertainty. As we continue to face the unique challenges posed by the coronavirus pandemic, 
Millions of Americans are, are unable to gather in their churches, temples, synagogues, mosques, and other houses of worship. But in this time, we must cease asking God. We must not cease asking God for added wisdom, comfort, and strength. And we must especially pray for those who have suffered harm or who have lost loved ones. I ask you to join me in prayer for all people who have been affected by the coronavirus pandemic and to pray for God's healing hand to be placed on the people of our nation. As your president, I ask you to pray for the health and well-being of your fellow Americans and to remember that this is from our president and we will let's agree with him on these things. I ask you to pray for the health and well-being of our fellow Americans and to remember that no problem is too big for God to handle. We should all take heart in the holy words found in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Let us pray that all those affected by the virus will feel the presence of our Lord's protection and love during this time. With God's help, we will overcome this threat. I have declared a national emergency and taken other bold actions to help deploy the full power of the federal government to assist with efforts to combat the coronavirus pandemic. I now encourage all Americans to pray for those on the front lines of the response, especially our nation's outstanding medical professionals and public health officials who are working tirelessly to protect all of us from the coronavirus and treat patients who are infected. Pray for all of our courageous first responders. Pray for our National Guard and dedicated individuals who are working to ensure the health and safety of our communities. And pray for our federal, state, and local leaders. We are confident that God will provide them with the wisdom they need to make difficult decisions and take decisive action to protect Americans all across the country. As we come to our Father in prayer, and Gus, I'll ask you to start coming up and you can get ready with this mic here. We're going to have Gus lead us. As we come to our Father in prayer, we remember the words found in Psalm 91. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God and him will I trust. As we unite in prayer, <clears throat> we are reminded that there is no burden too heavy for God to lift for this country to help with his help. And this is still the president's proclamation. Luke 137 promises that for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And those words are just as true today as they have ever been. As one nation under God, we are greater than the hardships we face. And through prayer, 
and acts of compassion and love, we will rise to this challenge and emerge stronger and more united than ever before. Now, therefore, I, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States of America, do hereby urge Americans of all faiths and religious traditions and backgrounds to offer prayers for those affected, including people who have suffered harm or lost loved ones. In witness hereof, I have here to set my hand this 14th day of March in the year of our Lord, 2020, and of independence of the United States of America, the 244th. May God bless each of you, and may God bless the United States of America, Donald J. Trump. Gus, we'll just have you come here, and let's just all come before the Lord together now as Gus leads us in prayer. Lord, we just come before you today. Lord, we cry out for mercy. We cry out for grace. That unmerited favor that only God can give. And I just want to share one scripture before I pray. From 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Verse 16 says, And if I send a horde of locusts and destroy your crops, and if I send a pestilence, and verse 7, or verse 14, If my people, which are called by my name, He's talking to us, the church. We need to pray. We need to pray now. Sometimes we get so busy we can't pray. But I think God has set this time aside for people, for the church to wake up and to seek his face and to turn from their wicked ways and to put God first in America. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Lord, we need a healing now. We remember those words from Psalm 91. Lord, that you have promised to protect us. That the angel of the Lord would encamp about us. And Father, we thank you for that supernatural protection. And I remember John G. Lake's testimony. The man that was so anointed of God that he could hold saliva with a bubonic plague in his hand. And the germs would die because the power of God was so, was so great that those germs could not stand in the presence of the living God. And so we need to know that the power is in Christ Jesus. 
People wondered where John C. Lay got his power. He found it in the 91st Psalm that we as people of God can enter into God, into that place where there is healing, there is life, and that abundant life that only Christ can give. And so, Lord, we seek that place. We seek to be filled with that bright light of Jesus that burns out all sin and sickness. For when the light of the Lord Jesus Christ comes, darkness has to flee. Darkness cannot stand in the presence of light. And so let the light shine, the light of the Lord Jesus. Father, we just lift up the President of the United States today. Father, we cover him with the precious blood of Jesus. We surround all those people in government. We surround them with our prayers, with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Father, we speak supernatural protection over them in the name of Jesus. Father, we lift up those who are hurting, those who have been put out of work, those who walk in fear. Lord, we just ask you to supernaturally provide for them, to make a way in the wilderness where there is no way, Lord, that that bright light of Jesus might begin to shine in their hearts, that they might hear the word of truth and life. Father, we lift them up in Jesus' name. We speak supernatural healing and strength and protection around those who are sick, around all the doctors and medical workers, around the nurses, around the people who deliver food, the people who work in the grocery stores. Father, we lift them all up in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just stand in the gap and we make up the hedge about them. That Lord, you would lose angels in the heavenlies to protect not only God's people, but all those people that you have called. Father, we thank you that there will be a move of God in America in this time. We thank you that people have time to pray. They have time to stop and meditate and reconsider the path that they're walking. We just thank you, Lord, that there will be an awakening in America a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this hour. We just thank you, Lord, for your word, for your presence, for the angels that encamp about us. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that lives and dwells and abides in us. We just thank you, Lord, for the life you have given us. And Lord, we cry out for mercy. For the sins of this nation. For the blood of aborted babies that cry out for judgment. Lord, we cry out for mercy. And Father, we just ask that you send your people a burden of prayer. You ask, how long will this last? And the Lord would say, as long as it takes for my people to return to me. 
So hearken unto the voice of the Spirit. Seek God in this hour. For he's knocking on every heart, every day. He wants the fellowship. He longs to fellowship with his children. He longs to heal, to reach out, to touch, to provide, and to make straight our paths as we seek him with our whole hearts. Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, God. Joyce shared with me just a moment ago that she had something to share. I think I'll just have you come up right now. And... Um, this morning as we were uh, riding to church, we were praying together, and I got one word that stuck just as I got here in the foyer walking around doing a few things, and it's the word perspective. The dictionary said, pers says perspective is a specific point of view in understanding or judging things or events, especially one that shows them in their true relationship to one another. The ability to see things in a true relationship. And so I was just praying in the spirit about that word, went to the dictionary to see what it was, and then he reminded me, the Lord reminded me of two things. The first was 29 years ago, this past week, which day was it specifically with you? Day or date? Yeah, March 18. Um, 29 years ago, I had to bring Steve in to emergency, not knowing what it was, but he just, I could tell, he needed medical care and attention. It turned out it was a burst appendix, which he had had for quite an extended time. It was undiagnosed properly by doctors in the past. So as we gathered there, the doctor came out to me in his surgical garb, and he said, Mrs. Pomp, it does not look good for your husband's life. We were gathered in a prayer circle with family members, some from our, our church family, as this surgeon went to work on Steve. Our part was to keep trusting the Lord and his word. And the last one, the last thing Steve and I shared together was the last verse of Psalm 91. And he and I declared, with long life will I satisfy Steve and show him my salvation. 
And then that point was where we needed to trust the professionals, the medical professionals. So we teamed up our faith in the Lord, our trusting in the Lord with the professionals. Steve is a living testimony of God's intervention using the surgeons. One year ago, March 13, we, because of the heavy snowfall, we had a partial roof collapse in the sanctuary and the foyer. It was something that we had many, many volunteers from our church and even from beyond our church family intervening to do what they could do but it went beyond what we could do as volunteers. We actually needed three months of intervention by professionals to get it to where the point where, it, where it's what it is now. And so again, it was the thing of perspective. As we're looking at this situation we're in right now, you've heard what, Steve has shared, we want to keep the perspective where we do our part, we continue to trust the Lord and his word. And we're going to lift up, as Gus did, the professionals, those who are in a place where we are not. And we're so thankful for this teamwork that we are witnessing in these weeks and these days here in America. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you just stay here? Put that in there. Anything else comes to you? Um, yes, amen, that's, that's right. We, we do, and we will continue to pray for them. The word that I have here to share is that God is our refuge in times of trouble. Yeah. Now, this is a time of trouble for us. And when trouble comes to us as individuals, maybe some of you that are listening or watching today, maybe this pandemic isn't the biggest thing pressing on you and burdening you. Maybe there's something else today. But as families, that can be true. But maybe it is. Uh, this is very unusual. As I sit here, I think, wow, I didn't think I'd ever be sitting here like this with this small group of people. You know, I can imagine who's sitting here, like the, that's where the Thurlow's sit, or Dave and Joan, or... You know, different ones, <laughs> they're missing, they're missing. Greta's not here today, or, you know, whoever. You know, the Dudleys are usually right here in this row. But I do, my heart, our hearts are with you there in your homes, because we know you're there, and, uh, and we're connected in the Spirit. Even though we're apart in the flesh, there is a connection, and I can sense that right now. Yeah. 
I, we, we sense the connection with the Lord, but we sense that connection with you. And we invite, we're inviting others that maybe don't even come to our church normally, but you're probably part of the family, the body of Christ. Uh, at the close of the service, if you are not a part of the body of Christ, if you have never personally received Jesus as your Savior, we're going to have a prayer for that uh, at the close of the service because very likely there are some that are watching today that have never done it personally for yourself. And so we'll do that and we'll give that opportunity because it, it doesn't work to go our own path, our own way. You know, that's what Gus was talking about, the, the wicked ways. He was, and the thing with a wicked way, that's from the Hebrew word that has the same rendering as like wicker furniture, where it's twisted. And what is it twisted from? It's twisted from what we've shared here. In fact, maybe, I don't know, Dean, if you can find that picture of the cross with the, the light coming, you could put that up. Pastor Dean is doing our projection today. Good job, Pastor Dean. <clears throat> but uh, what, what wicked is there, it's, it's simply twisted off from the path of life, the path of love, that our merciful God and loving Heavenly Father has for us, and He wants what is good for us. Yeah. That's what he wants. That's what he so much wants. His whole heart's desire is that we would, well, Jesus said it. He says, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. And you know what? We're going to see as we go through a few scriptures here together that even in the midst of storms, we can walk in that way. We can walk in the light. Yes. Um, Thursday morning, this past Thursday, about 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up and Psalm 46 was rising up in my spirit. Actually, I didn't know it was Psalm 46 at first until I Googled it and found out that's where it was. But we're going to look at that here now. That's God is on our side. And God, it says, you're such a safe... Those are my caps in there and powerful place to find refuge. When do we need refuge? It's when there's a storm. And like I said, we're all in a storm together here in this pandemic. But I also have this sense that there are several that are watching today that you have your own storms going on, one kind or another. You know, in your family, your business, the workplace, uh, we don't have school going on, but maybe it's trying to adjust to school at home uh, or wherever it may be. You're a proven help in time of trouble. This is a time of trouble. Yeah. More than enough. More than enough. And always, look at that, always available whenever I need you. He is there. He has promised he will never, never, never leave us or forsake us. And he will not now. 
He will not. The word refuge in my spirit-filled life Bible, a word wealth I have in there, it's, it says shelter, protection, fortress, a hope, a place of trust, a shelter from the storm. That's who he is to us in his secret place. So, we will never fear. And you notice, I, those are my caps again there, it's, but will. We will. That's a decision. Yeah. I'm deciding. I'm not going to get into fear. Believe me, all of us have times when this has tried to make us afraid. It's not that we don't get afraid, but then we make a decision. Yes. I'm not going to go into that. Yeah. That's getting, that's, that's a wicked thing. Fear is, it's wicked because it's something God knows will harm us. And it's twisted off from his place of faith and love where he wants us to walk, where he wants you, you and me to walk in faith and in love, not in fear. And we know perfected love, his, his mature love in us will cast out fear. We will. Those that are here with me say that. Will. And you say it. Will. Never fear. Even if every structure of support were to crumble away, we, here it is again, say it, will not fear. Even when the earth quakes and shakes, mountain, moving mountains and casting them into the sea. And that's, that can happen, we know, but it's, much of it is figurative language about things in our lives, in our society, and so forth, when everything's being shaken. For the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you, Lord. We will not allow it. We will not fear. We will not get off that path of life and light into fear. And then here's the word pause in his presence. And that's what Gus was indicating there. It's like someone sent me a, a, a text, I think it was, this week. It was a word they had gotten to share. And it was, was that God pushed the pause button for us, in a sense. This stuff isn't from God. I like what President Trump said. He said, I don't see this as an act of God. You know, that's a lot of insurance claims and such that say act of God. But let me tell you, God can use anything for good. And I believe he's using this for good. He can use it for good in our lives if we allow him to. Are you going to do that? I want to do that. And I want to, more than ever at this time, pause in his presence. King James there says, Selah. And that's what that means. It says, pause in his presence. Let's put that photo up of Jesus now on the waves there. Um, in the storms of life. Jesus was in that storm. The disciples were in the ship. So what do we do in regards to the storms of life? 
this storm or other storms you may be in. The smaller ones, the big ones, like we're experiencing right now. The storms of life cannot erode our faith in God if, say that word, if we keep our eyes focused on him instead of on the fearful winds and waves. Like the disciple Peter. He was doing fine until he got his eyes off of Jesus and onto the stormy waves. Then what happened? He sunk. He sunk. We're not going to sink. We're going to float. We're going to stand. We're going to walk. See, Peter really, in a sense, he wasn't walking on, or Jesus wasn't. He was, they were walking, Peter was walking on the word that Jesus said to him. Peter, walk on the water. And he was standing, he was walking in faith, and like we say, until he got into unbelief by getting his eyes on the waves, on the storm, and he got, fear took over. But I tell you, there's results of giving in to fear and worry, impacts of fear. Living a life of fear and anxiety has serious health consequences. You know, we're talking about a coronavirus and they're talking about our immune systems being strong to stand against things. Well, living in anxiety and fear rather than faith and love, that will weaken our immune system. It also greatly affects our mental health. What are we meditating on? Yeah. That's where our men mental health is. Yeah. What I'm meditating on right now is where my mental health is. And if it's on the Word of God and His promises, His truth, we're going to have good mental health. In fact, the joy, the love, joy, and peace of God will be flowing out of us. Um... It also affects our memory. Fear and anxiety will affect our memory. It'll affect our effectiveness in life and dealing with problems. But it'll also affect us socially and relationally. And in times like this, especially, a lot of us will be in homes with the same people in close quarters <laughs> for possibly lengthy periods of time. Kids. We, you know, this is something we don't know how long this is going to be, right? We don't know. We don't know how long. Um, we'll, we'll keep doing this, you know, as long as the way, we'll be keep doing it this way as long as we need to. But aren't we looking forward to that time where we can, we can all come together it would be really nice if it could be by Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, but we don't know that. But you know what? The first Sunday we're back here, we're going to have a great Resurrection Sunday. And we know that our, we have a drama group that's working right now. In fact, they're going to be coming in a second shift later on. There's 10 of them. And they're going to be practicing for... For a resurrection service, yeah. whether it's on that exact date or not, we'll have an Easter resurrection service here on Easter Sunday regardless, even if it's just, just live streaming. Yeah, Dane, Dane is going to head up the men. They're going to help us in the 
kitchen getting pancakes and eggs and all that good stuff. Uh, we'll be doing that too on the first Sunday we're back. <clears throat> but anyway, relationally, staying out of fear and anxiety because that greatly affects. If you're in, it leads to strife. And then strife, like it says in, uh, what is it, James 3.16, you know, to, to confusion and every evil work. We want to stay out of that in our homes, or some of you are going to work yet. Some of you are in work every day. Doug was saying that it's kind of business as usual at the valleys. And, and some of you are working in stores and so forth. And we're covering you in prayer who see so many people every day. We are praying for you. Some of you in the health profession are praying for you. We know some are, I know in the Black Duck School, some of the folks there, they're normally working with teaching or, or para, paraprofessionals and so forth. They're helping with taking care of children, of medical workers and other people that have to get to work. We're covering you in prayer. But in all these places, we need to ourselves be in the love, joy, and peace of God yes. and not get into fear. Yes. And so let's be mindful to not get consumed also with news. You know, we can see, we keep track I keep track of what's happening with the pandemic and with the national emergency and so forth. Uh, but I need to be careful that I don't focus on that too much because it can start to pull me down. And, and you need to do that too. You need to know, thankfully today, we can just even like on the apps and so forth, just get tidbits that we need of the news and not watch everything. But also, okay, so let's make sure that the measure of intake of God's Word into our lives is greater than that of the yeah. problem we're facing right now. Or, again, problems. The negative news. Or we will sink in fear, just like Peter did, in the waves of it, the stormy waves. Let's go to verse 4. God, and by the way, with that, you know, we have so many means. We have the written word, but we also have so many things that we can see online. Teachings, great teachings. We have so many options, and I just encourage you to do that. This you can listen to again if you would like to. It'll be up on the Facebook page after it's done live. It'll be up there. And also, I might mention this. Keep an eye out for... Um, I'll probably be doing another, at least one midweek, if not more, another just touch point with you. Um, just sharing where things are at and what's, what's going on uh, on our Facebook page that will be. So, verse... Four, God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring, say this with me, joy and delight 
to his people. This is talking about in the midst of storms. His river flows right through the city of God Most High into his holy dwelling places, and we, you, I, and I are God's holy dwelling places. You are. In times like we are experiencing right now with this coronavirus pandemic and the national emergency that has ensued, we must more than ever, more than ever, make time to pause in God's presence and receive the joy and delight, even in the midst of it, that flow from His Spirit who lives right within us. Verse 5, God is in the midst of His city, secure and never shaken. At daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing of the dawn. Surrender. Listen to this. Surrender. We need to humble ourselves to do this. Not trying to do this on our own in our own strength and power. Surrender your anxiety. In the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, it says, relax. Say, so how can we relax in the middle of all this? Well, this is how. Surrender your anxiety, relax. Listen to this. Be silent and stop your striving. And this has to be in relation to our workplace, too, and the finances. That's the other thing. We need to pray for our leaders, just not just concerning the health thing, the president, vice president, everybody that's working on this pandemic, but how it's affecting our economy in this nation. We've never seen anything like this, I don't believe, probably, in our nation before. But this is where we need to go to the Lord. Instead of striving ourselves, trying to figure out how is this going to work for me and my family economically. Some of you have been laid off of your jobs for a season here. Some of you may have businesses or a workplace where you're highly responsible for a lot of decisions. What should we do in this time? Go to the Lord Ask him, and he will show you the way. But we need to humble ourselves to do that. We need to ask him. It's like it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, know him, and he'll direct your path. He will direct it. And it'll be a good path. It'll be a good path. You know, one thing in the area of the economics is, you know, we usually when we're here, we place our tithes and offerings in the, in the boxes. We don't pass the plate here in the church, but we have boxes for our tithes and offerings. It was interesting to me that the vice president of the United States yesterday in the news conference they had he encouraged 
all believers across the nation to continue to give their tithes and offerings to their churches. I thought, that's pretty interesting from our vice president. I know he's a believer also. But that's something we just need to do. You say, well, isn't that the time I need to keep that for myself because for, I've got extra needs and maybe less income coming in? Not if we're trusting in the Lord. If we're striving in our own self to do it, maybe, but that doesn't work out very well. I know Joyce and I have found that in our life. It's a time that more, like, more than ever we need to trust the Lord and honor Him with our giving. <clears throat> How far did I get on there, Joyce? Okay, so we're being silent, we're stopping our own striving, and you will see that I am God. You will see. He doesn't fail us. I am the God above all nations, and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. This is what we must pray for through this terribly difficult time. That in the end, God will be exalted throughout the whole earth. That word came to me right at the end of the message last Sunday. It was like something rising up in me that good is going to come out of this. Good things are going to come out from this. That the enemy will just wish, just like when he got the people way back to crucify Jesus, kill Jesus, he thought, oh, now I got the victory. Foolish, foolish devil. Foolish Satan. Just turned right around in his face. And that's what I believe. Let's stand together believing for that with this too. God will be exalted. Including in each of our homes, churches, workplaces, businesses, schools, communities, states, Nation yes. and nations. Yes. Amen? Amen. Yes. Amen. Let's all say amen together. Amen. amen. Okay, verse 11. Here he stands, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies, the Lord of hosts, is on our side. He's on your side. He's on my side. The God of Jacob fights for you and for me. Pause in his presence and think on that. Meditate on that. Think on that. Pause for time with him and in his word. Be watching. Be listening. As I said, so many resources. Meditate. You're always meditating. What are you meditating on? We read Psalm 91 last week. The president quoted from there. Psalm 91 too, he quoted. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Flows right with what we're talking about today. Meditate on those things. God is my refuge, my fortress. My God, in Him 
will I trust? There it is again too, will I trust? So, are you fully trusting God today? Or maybe it's been partially trusting him, not wholly trusting him. Are you still worrying? Are you still in anxiety? Well, how about doing this verse that the president quoted for us today that he wrote to us? 1 Peter 5, 7. Pour all of your worries and stress upon him and leave them there for he always tenderly, look at this, he, he always tenderly cares for you. A footnote there, it says, load upon him your every anxiety, for he is always watching over you with tender care. And then Psalm 55, 22 flows right with that. Cast your burden. I'm asking you to do this today. I want to do this today. Each one of us. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved or shaken. He will not, we will not be moved or shaken from where we are supposed to be in him if we throw or cast our burden of our anxiety, because that's what it is. It's like a ball and chain on us or a big heavy cloud onto him. That fear and anxiety, casting it on him, throwing it on him. He promises to sustain us, but he cannot if we don't, by faith, cast our burden on him. And when we do, he will sustain us. That word sustain, again from my Bible here, a word well that says to maintain. Now listen to this. This is for you and your life and this week ahead now in this pandemic and national emergency. He will maintain you and your family nourish you, and that spiritually provide, but also provide food, not just spiritually, but physically as well. He will hold you up. He will protect you. He will protect you. Just draw the line. Just take time as a family. Draw the bloodline of the Lord Jesus Christ around, around your home. Why do we say bloodline? It's because of his great sacrifice on the cross and the shedding of his blood that we are removed from the curse of the law. If you want to know what that is, look it up in Deuteronomy 28. It covers it all. Protect, support, defend. That's what this word sustain is. To supply the means necessary for living. All the what's necessary. God will support Continues here about that word sustain. He will nourish and provide for any person who acknowledges that the cruel burden of that anxiety and fear is one that only the Lord can handle. In other words, we must try and stop trying to tough it out ourselves and be humble and allow him to do it. And it's true, again, not only concerning this current pandemic and national emergency, but it's also true for anything that I or you are going through right now that is a cruel burden to you. 
I as pastor and Joyce, we, we don't want you to be under a cruel burden of something, living under it. We don't want you to be. We want you to be free. Why is that? Why do we feel that way? Because he is that way. And that's that covering anointing he puts on us is pastoring like a local church. We have that same feeling. We don't want you to be under that. We don't want you to be in fear. We want you actually to be in gladness of heart, love and joy and peace today and through this thing. Let's acknowledge today our dependence on our God and cast and throw our cares and worries and any cruel burden on the Lord. Verse Peter 5 says, Therefore humble yourself, demote, lower yourself in your own estimation under God's hand, mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all of your worries, all your concerns about this stuff, once and for all, on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares for you watchfully. That's what he does. What I have found is I got, I got to do it once and for all, maybe until I don't keep taking, I mean, I just, as often as I have to, as often as I have to. And as we come to a close here today, I'd like to close with something that, it's a word that we saw that Kenneth Copeland had brought uh, on March. He had received it at 9.24 at night on Friday, March 13. And then he shared this. This is a word. And let's be in agreement in prayer for this. It's from the Lord, a word. This disease called COVID-19 will be over much sooner than you think. Christian people all over this country praying have overwhelmed it. Give me all the glory, says the Spirit of grace, and many, many people will come to know me through it. I am still Lord, Lord over this nation. I am on the throne, and faith in me changes things. So let's just be praying that, that people will be astounded how quickly. It is over. But now, as I mentioned, I want to pray this prayer with any of you that would open up your heart today and you never, you don't know for sure if you've ever received Jesus as your Savior before. Well, you can be sure today because I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to ask those that are here to pray this with me as well. Everybody at home, you can pray it. Just to affirm your confession of faith. You know, Jesus, he stands at that door and he knocks and he says, if anyone hears my voice, I will come in and sup with him. So I invite you to pray this prayer right now. Father God, Father God I know that I have sinned. I need a Savior. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for me. I believe that he went to hell for me. I believe that he rose from death. Now I confess all my sin. 
I turn from my twisted ways where I've gotten off of your path of life and light and love and I receive forgiveness and I receive your eternal life. I declare Jesus is now my Lord. I know that I am a part of your family now. I know that your Holy Spirit now lives within me. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Before we go here, I'm going to read a few announcements that I didn't get earlier. These are kind of important here, so we'll share these. Now, if you prayed that prayer in faith, simple faith, not by your feelings, but by a decision, decision, you decided, and you've decided, I'm going to believe the Bible and believe in Jesus, and you prayed that prayer, you are now in the family of God, and I congratulate you. Welcome. I congratulate you. In fact, thank you, Lord. Send us, you know, let us know if yes. you did that. Yes. Let us know. Okay. A few announcements and future events. These are subject to change, but we do know a few for sure. The pop blessing and fish fry that was on tap for next week is has been postponed until later. As soon as we can, we'll, we'll do that, but we'll let you know. It's looking like our service next week will be the same as it was this week. And um, the True Bridge Men's Retreat has been canceled. That will no longer be taking place. Um, the Real Life Women's Conference that's going to be in October 23 and 24 for information for that. Speak with uh, Chantel, and you can get, get tickets from Chantel Dudley. That's 218-209-1367. Uh, remember the church's website. You can go on there for things, but also now our Facebook. You can get to the Facebook from our website, but you could go directly to Facebook page, the Ten Strike Community Church Facebook page. And on there, we'll have this live streaming again next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Invite other people to come on. It's a public page, so anybody can come on. Also, the past services like this one now, after we're done, we'll get it. On, it'll be on Facebook that you can watch later or have other ones at watch. Um, I'll also be doing Touchpoint videos in addition to that. We'll have weekly announcements. We'll send out emails for that. Possibly we'll put those on here as well, the Facebook page and message transcripts. I'll probably put the transcript of this, the notes on there as well. Um, If you'd like to receive notifications about things coming up that are gonna be on that Facebook page, uh, request to become a member. And you can do that on the Facebook page, request to become a member. To hear 
audio, if you're in a situation where you can just hear, you can't watch it, you can do that on our archived um, SoundCloud. It's soundcloud.com slash church. soundcloud.com slash church. And then for giving, um, I don't have that on... Okay, I guess here it is. Now, for giving, you can mail it. You can mail your tithes and offerings to Ten Strike Community Church, Post Office Box 67, Ten Strike, Minnesota 56683. Or you can give online at our website, which is tenstrikechurch.com. And up in the upper right-hand corner, there's a donate icon, and then you can... Use a debit card or credit card or PayPal if you would like to give. And one of the things would be our tithes, but then right now we're receiving offerings for a new camera so that we can be able to see us better uh, in days to come. Oh yeah, one more thing here. Uh, I had received this morning from Adam and Vicki a note that Marilee... Gazelka, some of you remember Paul and Marilee, used to be here in our church family. They, we still feel like they're part of us. He's Senator Paul Gazelka now, and he is going to be having a teleconference at 2 o'clock today. And the number, I think we have the number, hopefully you can read it. I'll, re- I'll say it as well. It's, this is the number, 425 Four three six six three zero six, and then code. This is the code seven one six eight eight eight, and then the pound sign. And you can start going on at one forty-five and let them know that you're part of the call. But it'll begin at two o'clock then today, and he's going to be speaking specifically to things that we should focus in on prayer with. And then for the state, of for the state of this is for the state of Minnesota, and uh, some heads up on decisions that they're looking at making for what to do going ahead. So, do you have any final word? We love you. We love you very Blessings. much. Everybody here is waving <laughs> high and stuff. And, <laughs> shoot, clap, hand claps. We love you very much for looking forward to seeing you again face to face. But uh, Lord's blessings on you all in Jesus' name. Awesome. Bye-bye. Amen.